Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Secure Talk. Secure Talk is brought to you by Adequest, your cybersecurity and compliance partner. My name is Mark Schreiner, and I'll be your host for this episode of Secure Talk. Today, we're going to be talking to Microsoft's Andrea Fisher. Andrea is a global cybersecurity specialist and also a Windows 10 expert. Andrea is going to tell us a little bit about some of the amazing security and productivity tools that are built into Windows 10 and give us an update on the latest deployment levels. Andrea, how are you today? I am doing great, Mark. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, we are going to be talking about Windows 10, that's correct? Yes, sir. Lots of new good stuff coming out. Well, why don't we just jump into that? What's um, I've, I've heard that Windows 10 has now actually uh, displaced Windows 7 in terms of number of uh, deployments. You are absolutely right. It's taken uh, almost three and a half years, but Win 10 has finally surpassed Windows 7. Uh, it's running on about 45% of all PCs running Windows. Wow. So. That that's, must be big news. I mean, that's big news for you. And, and does that affect you like day to day in terms of what you're doing? Uh, I mean, it certainly gives us uh, more people to talk to about features because people are finally getting to 10. So that means they're probably not taking advantage of a lot of the new features in 10. So it certainly gets us out there hustling, talking to lots of people uh, about what they should be taking advantage of now that they have Win 10 as an OS. And, and what have been the primary drivers? I would say certainly the number one thing uh, is security, right? Windows 10 is all about security. Uh, the other thing that we should mention is as of January 14th, we actually just hit the one-year mark to uh, Windows 7 end of life. Oh. So that's a big driver, right? So it's right. You know, for a, a long time, it felt like it was very far away, right? You're like, 2020, that's, that's forever. I have all the time in the world. But we literally just hit the one-year mark, and that's not including Saturdays and Sundays, right? I'm sure if we took those out, we're probably talking closer to, I don't know, seven months, eight months, right? So. Wow. So, so that means at the end of that uh, one year, um, there's no more updates for Windows 7, no patches, nothing. So there is an extended support contract you can buy. Uh, I don't know the pricing, but I'm, I'll just say it's probably not going to be inexpensive. So for those people that really feel the need to hold on to 7, uh, there's a way to do that if you need to. But, you know, obviously we'd love for you to get um, off 7 if you can because, um, like I said, the dinosaurs were roaming the earth when Windows 7 came out. So. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I've uh, We have a, a, some customers and who are, you know, ramping up in their deployment of Windows 10 right now. And one of the challenges that um, this particular customer has is that um, they have a lot of remote devices in, in areas with no IT support. Um, have, do you have any suggestions or best practices in terms of deploying in that, in, in that, that kind of scenario? You know, certainly there's a couple of things that we can do. You know, the idea of autopilot is one of the things that's great for those disconnected environments, um, especially if these people are, are looking to get new PCs, right? If there's any chance those PCs are, are ready to go um, 
end of life, right? We could drop ship a brand new PC to Singapore or Oregon or wherever they might be sitting. Um, they can boot it up and just enter in their network credentials. And if uh, they're managed by Intune, we can use Autopilot to automatically join them to the domain, apply policy, deliver applications and all those kinds of things. So that's certainly the new modern workplace idea to handle those remote users. I mean, you know, obviously if they're not ready for that, we're still looking to do some kind of in-place upgrade. We're gonna have to do some things old school, right? We may have to send them a USB drive and help them do an upgrade in place. You know, we might act, have to actually send a person out there if they are using SCCM or something like that, and there's a remote distribution point, you know, we could do something like that. So definitely lots of options, but you know, the idea is to get to that autopilot uh, environment. Excellent. Okay. Um, and then back to Windows 10 itself. You, you mentioned that um, security has been one of the primary drivers um, for the deployment of Windows 10. Uh, can you give some, some, you know, some of the best examples of how Windows well, 10 is more secure? Absolutely. I mean, honestly, we had a whole philosophical change when it came to Windows 10 that, you know, no one can uh, secure the operating system better than we do since we write the code. So the whole idea behind the way we wrote the code has changed. Um, we've, you know, Credential Guard and CCI, those things are uh, taking advantage of the hypervisor that's built into the device, the TPM chip, right? Those things that really let us take advantage uh, and apply security policy. So credential guard, application control, device guard, all of those things. Honestly, one of the things I'm most excited about that we've been waiting for is, you know, I don't know since, I, I don't even know how long they've been around, but certainly as long as I've been in, in IT, we have had um, the Microsoft security baselines. So every time a new version of Windows came out, you could go to the baseline page and you could download a group policy template an ADMX template, and that template would have all of the existing Microsoft security recommendations on it. So if you wanted to, you could immediately apply that to your machines to make it safer. Uh, we've now just uh, done the same thing for Intune. So we brought all 300 settings uh, that are part of the security baseline into Intune. So uh, you can now, if you are being fully cloud managed, we can take advantage of all of those policies. We're going to be adding iOS and Android baselines as well um, and adding the ability to import and export capabilities um, so we can import templates from other places, maybe even security baselines from government agencies. So I think that's a really exciting feature that gives you um, a set of policies to start with as a guide and you can make them work for your own environment. No, that's huge because, I mean, what we're seeing with a lot of the Intune de deployments is the there's a lot of work that is done just getting some some um, base policies set up. And once those are set up, then things the deployment tends to accelerate. But it's the, the initial um, setup. And if, you, if you've got, you know, you said how many that you're going to be able to choose from? 300. 300. I think that's going to cover <laughs> a big chunk of the use cases for, that most organizations are, 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 are seeing. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, can we go back, though? <clears throat> you mentioned things like Credential Guard. And, I, you know, there, there might be some people that, that aren't, aren't really um, up, to, up to speed in terms of Credential Guard and the TPM chip. Um, can, you, can you just kind of walk through those as well? Absolutely. 
I always say that Credential Guard is without a doubt my favorite security feature in Windows 10. It is worth the price of uh, Windows Enterprise that purchase itself. So Credential Guard takes advantage of the built-in hypervisor on the machine and it puts your credentials into this little hypervised bubble. So for years, the structure of the Windows operating system was right. Um, applications sat on top of the OS, which sat on top of the kernel, which sat on top of the hardware, right? So if someone managed to get inside the kernel with maybe a clever driver injection attack or who knows what way, lots of boring stuff sits in the kernel, but one of the main things that does sit in the kernel is your LSAS credentials. So what happens with Credential Guard is we um, sort of separate out that kernel to hold a, a small piece of it to ourselves, right? So a little hypervised sandbox where you pop the credentials in there. So if someone does manage to exploit the kernel, um, they're not going to get to your credentials. So someone using something like Mimikatz or some kind of credential hacking tool, uh, they're not going to be able to get into your credentials and maybe replay the hash and start moving laterally across your environment. Like I said, literally my favorite feature because all it takes is the right kind of hardware, um, Windows Enterprise, and a group policy. So pretty easy to set up, and you could be um, you know, shrinking the attack surface of your environment exponentially. So I'm just curious, like, I mean, you know, Microsoft three or four or five years ago was never perceived as a security company. Um, or, or, you know, and, and you're, there was all these add-ons that were required when you bought Microsoft products to protect what, you know, what you, what you had purchased and your, your, you know, your, your IT infrastructure. Um, do you now with windows 10 is the conversation, does it start off with security? Is that, I think it should. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we always like to say is, um, Microsoft is the biggest security company you've never heard of. Right. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. People don't think about us that way, but it's really been a focus in almost everything that we do. Uh, like I said, from the ground up with Windows 10, you know, we are designing each piece to be as secure as possible. Um, actually, with the upcoming version, we've got a new feature that's actually called the Windows Sandbox. And it's really meant for, you know, how many times have you downloaded an executable file, but you were afraid to run it? Right. So you can actually bring up a Windows sandbox, which is sort of an isolated temporary desktop environment where you can run untrusted software. And then, you know, you can check out, make sure that EXE or whatever is safe and you can hit the little X marks. And the next thing you know, the sandbox is gone. And now, you know, whether you're safe or not. That's awesome. I mean, I get, I get files um, sent to me from friends and family, colleagues, and I don't know. I mean, it, it I, I'm getting a bit paranoid these days, uh, and <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I don't know, you could, you know, and um, this just solves that problem. You've got a little detonation chamber, yep, right? Your, your own de private detonation chamber. Cool. And so, talk talk us through through some of the other things. So there's a couple of, you know, I, I would say besides that file downloading feature, which I think is a struggle we've always had. One of the other. Uh, items that we've we've tried to figure out ways to fix are you know usbs and removable devices right there's we do lots of things to protect things that are on the device but what about when we add something to the device like you know you know somebody picks up a usb stick in the parking lot and you know sticks it inside their pc you wouldn't believe how effective that can be um i don't 
there's a story, whether this is true or not, I don't know, but of a young MIT grad who wanted to get a job with the government. And he said, if I can get inside your environment, you know, if I can get my, find out something inside your environment, um, would you hire me? And they're like, sure, kid, whatever. And he spent, I, I think it was like a week, throwing USB drives over the fence at this facility until someone finally picked up this nice flashy 512 gig USB flash drive and plugged it in to their PC inside this government facility, right? Um, and so what are we going to do to protect against things like that? Um, so we've got actually a couple new things that come along with Windows 10. Um, one comes from Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection. So um, we have one of the features is called Exploit Guard, which you guys may or may not be familiar with, but there's a couple different pieces to Exploit Guard. One of them is called Attack Service Reduction. There's a set of rules that we can apply. Lots of other cool things in Exploit Guard as well, like network protection, uh, pro control folder access. We can talk about those later. But with the um, Exploit Guard attack surface reduction rule, we can actually um, prevent actions or applications by uh, exploit seeking malware to infect machines. And we can say, if you know something is clicked from a USB device, um, some kind of EXE or something like that, we can ensure real-time scanning for those USB devices is enabled, right, from our mm -hmm. antivirus. But then we can also make sure that the exploit guard, the exploit guard reduction rule, can block any untrusted or unsigned files on a removal device as soon as it's connected. So, that's pretty powerful. You, I know, and even um, a, a step above that is if the device has direct memory access, right, DMA capability, which a lot of people call Thunderbolt devices, right, um, we can actually create some policies where um, you can prevent or allow, right, those kinds of things. So we have the ability to um, give you some granularity, right, not all right. or nothing. Excellent. Do you think, I mean, with all these um, baked-in security tools and features uh, do you think it, it could lead to a bit of complacency with from users just saying hey you know what i don't have to worry about stuff anymore <laughs> <laughs> well i think that's always the struggle with users i mean including including us right i mean we all get you just get tired of being totally vigilant all the time uh, you know i think a the key is making sure that these features get set up in the first place which i think is really one of the struggles of, you know, people are like, well, we got to Windows 10, we're done. Well, you're not done, right? Most of these things aren't turned on by default because um, you need to test in your environment and make sure they're not gonna cause any waves. Um, so, you know, making sure that our admin teams are actually um, turning these things on um, and, you know, doing our best, you know, the, we talk about user education, but I keep seeing studies that show um, actually user education isn't helping all that much because you know the people who are writing phishing attacks and things like this just keep getting smarter and smarter. Um, and even like you were talking about your friends emailing you things, right? Sometimes the phishing people are, are getting so smart. I mean, it sounds like it came from your friend, right? Exactly, so. exactly. Um, I actually was in a workshop yesterday and um, somebody had received an earthquake 
um, alert from their employer saying, hey, there was an earthquake, um, please confirm that you're safe. And this was a legitimate message. But at the same time, the person was thinking, wow, what an excellent way to fool people in, 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 with a, a phishing email, right? After there's some kind of earthquake, some kind of incident someplace, um, you just send out one of these messages to all the, all the um, identities that you have um, and, and, and just see who responds, you know? My goodness, that is terrible and so smart. So <laughs> devious, right? Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> that makes me think that's something we have um, constant red team, blue team tests, you know, here inside Microsoft, where they're always trying to gain the upper hand on each other to make sure that we're being as safe as possible. And this isn't Windows related, but as part as of Office Advanced Threat Protection and Threat Intelligence, we have this thing called the Attack Simulator. So you can go in and you can kind of be testing your users to see if they'll fall for some kind of phishing um, attack. So that would be a great one. The, no, the number one that always gets people at Microsoft is win a free Xbox. I love <laughs> to click on that one, right? But that would My be, kids yeah, are going to be so happy. Oh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> surprise, and no. But that would, that's another great one to try, right, is, you know, or even if you wanted to be like, hey, natural disaster happened in, you know, XYZ, click here to donate. People are so nice, oh, right? Wow. They're like, right. oh, of course I'll donate. Oh, terrible, terrible. No one listening to us ever do any of these things. But that would be such a fun job. <laughs> Just to sit around and think about, you know, really devious ways to, to not really harm people because you're actually educating them, right? So you could actually feel good about doing the wrong thing. <laughs> Exactly. For the right reason. I don't know if that makes sense. But, um, okay, so back to Windows 10. What else would you want to talk about? Gosh, there's so many cool things going around, and, and I'm going to lump in um, Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection with Windows 10 because they're certainly, you know, um, uh, tied together. Uh, so we do have some great new things that are coming out with um, Defender ATP, uh, we've got some new role-based access controls so that really help you manage um, or also help the SOC manage um, security if you have a security operations center, um, adding those role-based access controls so that the people who uh, want to see the Canadian machines but not the UK machines or vice versa or who have access to executive machines, right, you might want to delineate some of that stuff. I'm trying to think what other really cool things have we been looking at lately? Um, any any um any biometric? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we have had pretty much since the debut of Windows 10, we've had Windows Hello, right? Which is the ability to use your face, your fingerprint, your iris, or, or even a pin, right, to help against um, to use those biometric credentials. I I heard this number somewhere that um, eighty percent of attacks. Um, start by people getting tricked out of their credentials, right? Whether that's either like we were just talking about some kind of phishing attack or, you know, <laughs> maybe somebody just saying, oh, what, you know, what's the, what's your password? Oh, I usually use my dog's name and whatever, right? So however they were tricked out of it. But that's one of the great things that biometrics does for us, right? Is um, unless you're looking at the old Minority Report movie, right? Where uh, Tom Cruise had to pluck out his eyeballs um, no one's really going to steal your eyeball or your finger right so they need um, they need something besides um, right just to, to be able to replay our username and password so certainly right. windows hello with biometrics um, but, but recently before you, kind of, 
Before you yep. go on, I just tell you my my window my, my uh, Windows Hello uh, story. Um, I had a new Windows 10 device, and I, it, the the facial recognition was working great. Um, I I think I went on a trip, didn't use that that particular device for a week or so. Came back, and um, it wouldn't work. It just I didn't recognize me. Um, my wife said I needed that, that. That was definite proof that I needed a haircut. But uh, <laughs> but even the haircut didn't work, so I had to go back and and, and, and re- reset things. But um, does have you have you come across that, or am I special? Um, I, I've certainly heard of that happening. It's unusual, certainly. Um, but I will tell you, it took me a while to train my facial recognition because, especially as a girl, right? Um, I have I had to train it with my glasses off, trained it with my glasses on, trained it with my hair up and my glasses on, trained it with my hair up and my glasses off, right? So lots of wow, lots I didn't know different. you could actually do that. So, yeah, so just like when you're doing your your fingerprint scan, where you get it from multiple angles, you got to do your facial recognition from in multiple. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, morning uh, before shower and coffee, um, after shower and coffee, after shaving. Oh God, for guys, yeah. What about shaving and not shaving? Yeah, you totally can. Anytime you want to, you can go into the hello settings inside your Windows 10 machine, mm-hmm. and you can um, say, I can't remember the exact word. I should look it up for us but um you can train it and so like you said if you wanted to train it so that it sees you with two days stubble or a goatee <laughs> right you can uh, you can make that happen that's amazing i i and it's just uh, i guess um a naive assumption on my part that it was just a, you know one snapshot there um and and so what's the technology i mean so what is it really keying into is it keying into your bone structure or or i mean what's the the science and i know that's that's a little deeper into the weeds than just kind of general features of windows 10 but it's it's still kind of interesting no it, I, honestly there's a a great many um, ready presentations that have been given ready is the microsoft um, training that we go to twice a year and uh most of them are available on the internet. So if you guys want to search for um, just MS Ready um, and you can look at the videos on demand, there's a great one that talks about, uh, this is just the example of fingerprints, right? So uh, fingerprints are looked at three or four different measurements. There's the length, the depth, the, the whorls, W-H-O-R-L-S. Uh, there's a great presentation that, uh, and I think something like a 78-page white paper on how to use fingerprint recognition for that. So if anyone is looking for some great bedtime reading, I'm sure that will be available. But when it comes to uh, facial recognition, you actually need a specific type of camera. We need an infrared-like camera because it is looking at things like depth, the space of your features, uh, right, the distance between your irises, but it also looks at things like heat signatures and things like that so that no one could just hold up a picture of you Right. It can oh, tell right. it's right. So or well, do, even do, a 3D picture of you. Right. Yeah. Do, do people have different heat signatures or is it just checking that there is some heat coming off of this person? It is making sure that it's just not a picture. I don't okay. know if it would know if it was a dead body or not. Okay. I don't know the answer to that, but hopefully. These hackers, these hackers, they're, they're getting some kind of a heater, you know, heat up. The, okay, we're getting a little morbid. Okay. Um, so anyway, back to, I cut you off. Um, you, you, you were talking about some of the other um, uh, biometrics in addition to uh, Windows Hello. So, you know, our the Microsoft goal has been we want to um, – 
you know, we're making a promise that end users should never have to worry about passwords and that, uh, you know, our IT departments, our IT professionals also should not have to worry about, you know, that's one of the most expensive calls to the help desk. Uh, you know, I've forgotten my password. So we're really working to eliminate the password. And, you know, hello is certainly the first step in that. Uh, but we've got some new other things. Like, I don't know if anyone is taking advantage of the Microsoft Authenticator app. But like today, it's an application I download on my phone from the iTunes store. And uh, for ac accounts that are born in the cloud, let's say an account that's created in Azure AD. So in my Azure AD test environment, right, there's no on-premise domain controllers. So that account was never even assigned a password. So every time I log into portal.azure.com with the account I created in there, the um, a number pops up, so look, 72. And the Authenticator app on my phone will buzz and it will show me three different numbers as a choice. And I will say one of those numbers will be 72. So I select 72, then it's gonna ask for my thumbprint as a second factor of authentication, and then I'm logged into Azure AD, right? So there's never a password involved. So working on all of those things, and when it comes to Windows devices, um, some of you too have probably heard about um, FIDO2, is coming out. So the ability to use um, like USB keys as a second factor of authentication that um, with you can set up FIO2 in your, you know, in your uh, Azure AD environment. And so what happens is I use the uh, FIDO key. I have mine is from Yubico. I place my thumb on the Yubico key. Then I swipe my fingerprints. Um, and I'm logged into the device, no password needed, right? Excellent. Um, back to the Authenticator app. So we use the Authenticator app, but we use it slightly different. It's just a, a, a way to do a, um, a second factor authentication um, when I'm working you know, remote on a non-domain jo joined device. Um, and it's like every... I don't know. Every three days, I have to do do the uh, the, the the second factor. Uh, so, but is this a diff different authenticator app, or is it just different settings in the authenticator app? Nope, you're absolutely right. App, absolute same application. It's you know it works on iOS, Android, um, as well. So it depends on the authentication mechanism at the back end. So right, you can have it call yours, right? It can call someone as your second factor. So it can call me, it can text me, it can use my fingerprints. Um, but we're taking that authenticator app and, and sending it to new heights, like we were talking about is it can work for us now to totally avoid having passwords at all. Um, right. And that's for the, that's the device uh, password. Um, and if I get into the device, will I, will I have to authenticate again then to access my company's uh, platform? I would say for for now, I think so until we get, you know, all of uh, line of business apps and all of those things to be able to handle that pass through authentication. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're still a good 10 years away from being perfectly passwordless. Uh, but we're certainly trying to move toward that as, as quickly as we can, right? Excellent. Well, that that would make you everybody's hero. I'm pretty sure. So, um, excellent. Well, hey, we're we're coming up close to to a half hour here. Um, and yeah, I, I love talking to you because 
I can just sit back and listen and learn. Um, what, what else would you like to talk about? Well, I will say, again, going back to um, Defender ATP, which is just my favorite thing these days, if, if y'all are not familiar with it, Defender Advanced Threat Protection um, with its endpoint detection response solution is what we call our, our post-breach solution, right? So, you know, we've done our best to keep bad people out, but someone has gotten in and its job is to help us find things as quickly as possible. So we've got some great new reporting in there. Uh, we've got what we now call incidences. So uh, let's say three machines in your environment are noted to have the same piece of malware or maybe uh, someone's tried to run a nefarious PowerShell script against three devices. So it's now going to look, instead of just as alerts, it's going to use artificial intelligence to group things that seem to be happening similarly together. So really just to help our security analysts find out what's going on faster. Um, and um, Secure score, right? A lot of us are familiar with secure score in Office 365, but Defender ATP gives us a secure score as well, gives us some pointers on how we can make our Windows devices even safer. So, so, so what is it? It, it, it's because with the Office 365 secure score, you're looking at your Office 365 tenant, basically. And you're looking yep. at, you know, have you turned on MFA? Have you turned on MFA for global admins? Um, some of the DLP uh, tools, have you activated them? Um, what exactly are you looking at in in um, in Windows? You said it's, it's Windows 3, uh, 365. I'm sorry. Windows secure score? Say it again. I can Windows, edit this yep, part. You're absolutely right. That's fine. So Windows Secure Score, which mm. comes from Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection. And um, to get Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection, you must own Windows Enterprise. And you also must buy a step-up SKU or a step-up purchase that we call of um, Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection. So... It, Certainly, it looks very similar to if you're familiar with the Office 365 Secure Score, but I'm just looking at a sample right here, and it tells me that I could gain 100 more points in my Secure Score if I install the latest security updates on all of my machines. Then if I scroll down here and I look at that a little more in depth, it tells me these 22 machines actually are not running the latest security updates tells me that I need to fix antivirus reporting on a couple of machines. It tells me I can get 25 more points if I turn on BitLocker across all of my PCs. Right, so it just gives us some idea, and honestly, some nice reporting as well, because it's some it's 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 a, a really easy to view dashboard that puts all that stuff together. You know, in most of our environments today, right? If I want to see if BitLocker supported, I have to go to MBAM. If I want to see if the OS security updates are up to date, I have to go to SCCM. If I want to see where the antivirus is up to date, right? That's another place. So this is all in a single view, so we could just get a really nice 360 view of our environment. That's super powerful. Um, in 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 addition to the all the great security features that you that you uh, have been talking about, are there any other productivity features or or um, or just user experience um, or functionality that's been upgraded, changed? I will say um, my favorite came maybe a version ago, uh, which is the dark 
theme, <laughs> which I just really like. It's so much better on my eyeballs. Um, so, but there, uh, you know, for people who use it, inking is obviously, um, you know, the best way to, uh, if, if you have a device that handles handwriting, right? Uh, that's certainly a great way of using the built-in pen to take advantage of. Uh, honestly, to me, I don't search for anything anymore. A lot of people don't take advantage of the Cortana, you know, our digital assistant. But if you go down into the Cortana window and you type anything, this is one of my favorites just because at Microsoft we have a lot of marketing content, right, about all different kinds of topics. So I can just go down into the Cortana window and I can type in the word security and I can type in PPTX, right, which is the extension for PowerPoint. And it's going to quickly tell me that I have three PowerPoint presentations in my OneDrive with the word security in them. So I can immediately look at these and be like, yep, when 10 security, that's the one I want. So just little time-saving things. That's what I really appreciate about it for sure. Uh, we can definitely do a section on productivity but um, another one we have that's a recent addition is close file sharing, which I believe is something similar to uh, AirDrop that people who have Macs are familiar with. We also have a new one called Focus Assist that I love. You can just type in again down in the Cortana window, you type in Focus Assist. I am easily distracted by shiny things and pop-ups. So anytime I need to just really be focused, whether I'm reading something technical or I, you know, I need to respond to someone and I just want some, uh, you know, an hour or two of just focus time, you can pop on focused assist and it will turn off every notification on your PC, whether that's coming from email or from teams or a warning that your antivirus is out of date, it's going to turn off all of those pop-ups and then, you know, whatever you set it for 60 minutes later, those pop-ups can come back. That to me is a huge saver. I, I'm like the proverbial puppy and chasing balls or, or cat with string. And I, I'm my very next setting or the first thing I'm going to do after we get off this call is um, <laughs> hit, hit that focus assist uh, function. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, well, hey, Andrea, I really appreciate your time, and I'm, I'm uh, excited to actually dig a little bit deeper into Windows 10. I mean, we all have it on our machines. I just haven't had the, the time to um, to explore some of the features that you, that you spoke about. Um, if somebody out there wanted to watch a, like, a super cool um, video that gives a, a broad overview of the things that you just spoke about, um, where would they go? What, what, what's the best place? Just... You know, just we're just like everyone else, right? If you go to YouTube and you search for the Microsoft Windows channel, there's a whole channel um, dedicated to uh, features of Windows. So uh, I would say that's a great place to get started. There's also a website called Channel 9. Channel 9 probably has a little more technical content. Uh, but also a great place to go if you want to learn more about Windows Hello or more about Credential Guard. Those are wonderful places to start. And then in terms of, um, y you know, uh, user tutorials to get people up to running, uh, because, you know, there's a difference between showing somebody an overview of these features, but actually going in and and, um, and, and then using Windows 10. Do you have a, a favorite or should they, would it also be in the same place? So actually for end user features, there's a great place to go. Uh, it's simply www.microsoft.com slash windows. 
and listed in there is a whole set of, right, discover facial recognition with Windows Hello, using your fingerprint to log in, right? And it's got lovely little tutorials that will walk you through um, what the features are and how to set them up. Excellent. That is so helpful. Thank you so much. Hey, Andrea, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I learn so much every time I talk with you. I'm super, super excited about Windows 10. And I encourage everybody out there who's listening to take a look. If you haven't already deployed it, well, time is, as you heard, the clock is ticking. So um, I would encourage you to, uh, to, to get that upgrade ASAP. And uh, if you have, if you want more information, take a look at some of the resources that Andrea is talking about. Andrea, thank you so much. I wish you a great day. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. Hope to talk to you soon. Hello, welcome to Secure Talk, your trusted source of information on the latest threats, trends, tools, and technology related to cybersecurity and compliance. Join our hosts as they discuss a wide range of topics and speak with leading cybersecurity, technology, and compliance experts. Now is the time for Secure Talk.